0: Terminal and Dave, conversation crack, and the music you love. Today FM, it all happens here.
1: Today FM. So our next guest is a Belfast man who's been the clinical lead for mental health in London for the NHS. His first book, Ten to Zen, was a Sunday Times bestseller, and he's just released his new book, How to Be Your Own Therapist. He believes that there's one Irish greeting we should all be using: Good morning, Owen O'Kane. Hey, how are you? Sorry, we should say, How's it going? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All good. Oh, Yeah, you, well, you, do you see that part of the book where I start? There's a chapter called How's It Going? All influenced by my time in Dublin.
1: Great. So tell us why How's It Going is a better greeting than hello or how are you? Well, I'm always struck that that's normally how we
0: start a conversation. You know, we'll say to other people, how's it going? And of course, that's a huge expression in Dublin. And and we'll all respond in the same way. Oh, I'm good. I'm grand. I'm fine. And we move on really, really quickly. And I, and I guess a, bit, a big part of this book is about getting people to check in more and to work out what's really going on for them you know how are they thinking what's their emotional state like what shifts and changes that they need to make and of course we're brilliant at asking other people how we're doing Mm. but we're not so good at asking ourselves
1: i suppose we we do tend to check in with other people and we don't really make those checks on ourselves and i I guess it's it's hard to see where we should be going uh, if we don't really know where we are if that isn't too abstract
0: No, no, it's not at all. Actually, I said to somebody the other day. You know, it's almost like getting into the car without doing any of the checks. You know, most of us wake up every day, and we're just in autopilot. You know, we get up and breakfast, shower, run out the door. Get to work, do all the stuff. You know, most people get to the end of the day just feeling completely frantic because there's been so much going on. And I guess really that that's the whole premise of the new book, "How to Be Your Own Therapist." Is about looking after your mind and starting to take care of yourself a lot more and do this stuff as part of your day, not as a luxury. It's not. People hear the word therapy and they think it's kind of fluffy or about woo woo. Actually, let's
1: talk about that actually because I do think there's a there's maybe a a perception of the word therapy where there's a kind of a negative connotation that there really shouldn't be because it is, you know, the same as any other physical therapy or or exercise or any of those other things we do to look after our body. But we tend to kind of you know shrink away from it when we hear someone's in therapy for their mind.
0: Yeah, you'd imagine so. I mean, I've been telling the story a few times, but um, my dad a few weeks ago was asking me about the new book and what it's about. My dad still doesn't know what I do for a living. He's still trying it out. He, he thinks I have chats and cups of tea with people. He hasn't, hasn't taken that any further than that. So I said to him, "Oh, the book's called How to Be Your Own Therapist. And he just went quiet. And he said, um, I thought only the Americans had therapy. Are they doing it here now? And to be honest, you know, I struggled about whether I put the word therapist in the title. And unapologetically, I thought, no, I'm doing it because therapy can benefit anyone. And I guess the problem is it's not easy to come by. You know, there's a huge wait list for therapy. So I thought, look, I've got years of experience under my belt. It's not a replacement for individual therapy, but why wouldn't I create something that empowers people to get started? You
1: well, know? Actually I think Owen, the most important word on the front of your book isn't therapist, it's own. Because it you know, it's encouraging people to take responsibility and to take a few important steps themselves and not hand over all the control to somebody who maybe can't see you for six months.
0: Absolutely. And I, I agree entirely with that because, you know, look, for most people, I know some terrible things happen to people and people go through the most awful things in life. But, you know, I guess what I know from my line of work is that often, ultimately, it's about how you respond to life. And and I guess really this is what I'm hoping this book achieves. It really gives people an opportunity to, to get to know themselves a bit better, but more importantly, to get the most from their life and to kind of untie some of the knots that we, kind of we all do. We, you know, we, we tie ourselves up in knots about the stupidest things sometimes and we worry and we worry excessively. And, and I really hope the book helps with that.
1: Well, not to break your book down into like a 160 second answer, but how do you become your own therapist? Have you got a tip or a trick or something that we can do that will really help us? Yeah,
0: I mean, I I was talking about this the other day on the podcast. I mean, in a nutshell, the first half of the book is like a crash course in therapy. Integrate therapy into your life every day. And I divide it into three sections. I call it ready, steady and reset. And I think for most people, one of the things I talk about is the importance sometimes of extracting yourself out of your day. Almost visualizing getting into a helicopter. You know, it's kind of almost like in the moments of overwhelm or it feels too much. You almost step into that helicopter and you pull back and you're looking down in yourself and you're kind of thinking, right, I'm really struggling today. I'm thinking too much or there's a lot of negative critical thinking going on. And the moment you even do that, that one step can be enough to help you reevaluate and then make a decision, okay, what am I going to do about this today? Now, it's a really simplistic tip, but even, you know, if I give another example around worry, most people believe their worries to be truths. And yet what we know from neuroscience and psychology is about 90, 95% of what you worry about will never come to any fruition. It doesn't happen. But if you think about the volume of time we spend worrying in life, I teach people about, you know, what what do you do with these worries? You know, most of them you don't have to get overly engaged with. You can make decisions that, you know, if, if it's not in your control, it's absolutely okay to acknowledge the worry, but you don't have to get engaged in it.
1: I would add, you, add the caveat just um, that, you know, the 99% of worries don't come true unless you're a Dave and a Man United fan, in which case, <laughs> pretty much all of them have come true. Like, will Ronaldo want to leave? Yes, he will. He's leaving. <laughs> anyway, um, but absolutely. He's always so mean to uh, me. Owen, what, I, what I really like, <laughs> Owen, is you're offering in the moment small, manageable solutions. Yeah. And a lot of the times I think we overlook those because what we do is we drift through the days and then it's a big problem that we have to go and get fixed. And it seems like overwhelming. But when you do these little things in the day, it can have a massive ripple effect out into your whole day, your week and, and the months that you experience.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and I, you know, I have to be entirely honest. I wouldn't function well on my job if I didn't practice this every day of the week. And I think, you know, look, we all spend time every day, you know, we'll, we'll cook breakfast and we'll you know, may go for a walk or go to a gym or whatever we do. We'll do all of those things. We'll go on social media for 20 minutes, no problem at all. And every time I do a big corporate gig, I'll start off with a question and I'll say how many people in the room today have taken any time out to look after their mental wellness? And I'm lucky if I get five, ten hands up in a room of a thousand people, you know, and if I say to people or oh, many people have had spent any time in social media today, I'll probably get most of the room. And I think for me that that's a travesty. Why wouldn't we invest in looking after our mental wellness and making sure that you've got a sense of balance and control in your life? Because you, know, when you when you've got that, everything else falls into place.
1: Sometimes we have the answers. Like, they're already there. We know oftentimes the things that actually work for us. But I think sometimes we just forget to do them or we feel like we're too busy. For instance, yesterday I left here and I, I had a bit of time to kill before a meeting. And I was just kind of down in the dumps for no particular reason. I felt tired and grumpy and I didn't really feel like talking to anyone. And I was like, well... Uh- okay, and then I was you start to worry and you ask those questions of what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling like this? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I thought, what do you know works for your mood? And I went skateboarding. <laughs> so I drove to Sandy Mount Strand a few miles away and I skateboarded up and down the Strand for 20 minutes and I felt like a new man after it. Now, I don't know why that has such an elevating lift on my, <laughs> on my mood, but it works. And I was thinking to myself after, just try and remember the things that work for you and just do more of them. Absolutely. That should be your book, Skateboarding for Your Mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a short book, I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> one page. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll stick to yours for now. Can I
0: just say one thing? You said something really important there when you, when you were having a bit of a bit of a moment and you were feeling a bit flat and you said, oh, what's wrong with you? And I think that's, that's the key thing. There's nothing wrong with you. It's part of the human condition to struggle. So it's about learning to work with all of the emotions and then you start to get a real sense of empowerment and you become less frightened of them. But, you know, getting on the skateboard sounded like a a good strategy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Until you fall off, then it's a terrible (laughs) strategy. Straight (laughs) to A&E. Everyone needs stitches. Uh, Owen O'Kane, your book is definitely the place to go. Uh, How to Be Your Own Therapist by Owen O'Kane is out now. Owen, thanks for joining us today. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having me. Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today.